0: You're about to listen to another episode of the Broad Body Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Braun. I founded Broad Body Training Holistics in 2019 and we started the Bron Body Podcast in March of 2020. Since then, we've released over 100 podcast episodes about various topics relating to training, nutrition, lifestyle, mental health, and so much more. We've been fortunate enough to have amazing guests on the show who range from doctors in physical therapy, chiropractics, nutrition experts, strength and conditioning specialists, and so much more. This podcast is your new one-stop shop for motivational content, health and fitness content, training advice, insight, and wisdom that you can get nowhere else. Welcome to the Braun Body Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the show. Thanks for tuning in to episode 123 of the Brown Body Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Dr. Kimberly Josephson, where we're going to be discussing the overlap between business and health and fitness. So if you didn't know, there's a huge overlap between business, economics, entrepreneurship, those guiding principles, and health and fitness, how we live our lives or how we should be living our lives. I'm really excited to be bringing you this episode with Dr. Josephson. If you haven't heard of Dr. Josephson before, you're going to be very impressed by her. She's held a variety of positions, and she's studied across the globe. She studied in America, she studied abroad. She is currently an associate professor of business and the Associate Dean for the Breen Center for Graduate Success at Lebanon Valley College. She's also an Adjunct Research Fellow for the Consumer Choice Center, which was recently named the Best New Think Tank in 2020 by Wharton University. Before we get to this episode, I'm going to turn it over to one of our sponsors for a quick ad. Dr. Josephson, welcome to the show. Excited to have you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for asking me to uh, be on. I'm excited for our discussion.
0: Right. So you have that really strong background in business and economics, and we were talking and you mentioned thinking about your body as a business. Now, for people who aren't familiar with thinking about their body as a business, what exactly do you mean by that?
1: Sure. Well, obviously, um, I have an interest in entrepreneurship and business, being that I am a business professor. Right. And I just like to connect the dots. You know, I think integration is a really good exercise. in how do how how can we connect these two things together? Um, and also, uh, just even a little personal background is, I used to run uh, marathons. I used to be part of like a running club and everything like that. Um, and so. You know there are certain things that in regards to how you invest in yourself and how you know in in regards to being an entrepreneur right knowing i need to have a game plan and what are things i have to uh be thinking about in regards to my startup costs and what are the returns that i'm looking to gain from this investment and what are the things that could go wrong and and all these different elements come into play when you think about yourself and when you are pursuing athletics or when you are just trying to get into shape, right? You have to have a game plan of, um, okay, how am I going to change my diet or where am I going to um, allocate resources and time um, towards even, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, am I going to, am I the type of person that I need to sign up for a gym as that extra incentive of, hey, I'm paying this money. I need to get up and go in the morning, to go exercise versus, hey, I am really good at just self-regulation, and I can force myself to do this on my own, and I can just invest in a treadmill at home or go running in my neighborhood. Um, So these are things that are really important in the business world to be thinking about strategy, right? Right. what are my interests? What are the incentives? What are the payoffs? And and kind of going about it that way. And so uh, just in talking with you, I thought, oh, you know what, there's a lot of similarities and a lot of things to consider um, regarding uh, taking care of yourself as well as taking care of a business.
0: Right. And those two things kind of go hand in hand, right? You know, you look at like Elon Musk, for example, he'll say in an interview, he actually sleeps six hours a night, which, you know, some people I, I know, you know, from, college experience some people run on like three or four hours of sleep they usually don't look too energetic or with it so the fact that one of the biggest business leaders in the world is saying hey you know I prioritize my sleep that should be an indication to other people like hey we actually need to take care of ourselves in order to do things in the business world in itself
1: oh definitely and, and listening to yourself and listening to your body right so in terms of stamina um, what it is that you can put up with, and and also knowing like, hey, sometimes you have to go ha- go at it hard in the beginning, um, but knowing that the payoff is going to, um, you know, be worth it in the end, or um, that you will have to adjust according to certain life situations. I remember um, I have two little girls, and obviously your body and your mentality and and what you can put up with changes um, as you're going through, you know, pregnancy, both, and then also postpartum. Um, when I look back now, you know, my, my oldest daughter is seven and I, uh, you know, if, if one of them wakes up in the middle of the night and wakes me up and needs something uh, you know, like I'm wrecked in the morning now, I'm not used to that versus when they were babies, I was up all night. And then the next day I would still get up and I'd go to work and I'd be able to do it and, you know, power through. And so like your body kind of goes through these natural cycles of adjustment when, um, when you, you know the more prepared you can be, awesome, but also, like, you know, it's amazing what the body can do, and also how your mind can adjust to it if you acknowledge it uh, and you treat yourself well, too, in terms of kindness and realizing you're going through this right now. Um, same thing in kind of the, the business world. Once again, as an entrepreneur, um, if you are launching your business, that's your baby, right? Yep. You're gonna be spending long hours, you're gonna be uh, kind of working around the clock, you're gonna be stretching yourself thin. Um, but also, you're going to be amped about it because it's something wonderful, right? And you, you know it's worth the investment, the payoff, right? Uh, and you know it needs to be nurtured and that you're going to make mistakes and that there's a huge learning curve. Um, but once you get over that, you know, you kind of get in the rhythm. Uh, and so you also look for advice. So once again, uh, going back to, uh, you know, being a new mom or even being an athlete, how does my body adjust? okay, what are, what are best practices in this field? What are others doing? You know, I would look up like, you know, what, how many hours of sleep, you know, does the baby need? Do I need? Uh, when I was training for marathons, right? How much protein do I need? How many hours do I need to do a week to lead up to um, running this race? So same thing. So what do we see like Elon Musk doing? Uh, what do we see uh, the, you know, dominant players in the industry doing? What do we see happening in the marketplace? And, and we really adjust and respond to that.
0: For sure. And the other thing that really sticks out to me is all of these different companies kind of got started off of an idea that came to someone one day, right? It wasn't anything like, you know, Jeff Bezos didn't have, as far as I know, he didn't have a 30-year plan for Amazon from the time he was like 16 years old. Elon Musk didn't have a plan for electric cars before he had even started PayPal, from what I understand. So a lot of these things kind of, the idea comes to them and they just start running with it. And a lot of times in fitness, we see that same thing. There's that parallel there where people kind of have this aha moment where they realize, wow, I'm actually not in as good a shape as I thought. I used to be able to do this. Now I can't anymore. And I want to get back to that point. So it's kind of interesting to me as we're talking about these commonalities, how it seems like not only the growth process is similar for both, but even just the starting process. You mentioned before the plan, you need a business plan before you start a business. At least I hope you have a plan. Um, And same with exercise. If you don't have an exercise plan and you're just kind of going on a whim every day, you know, there's no way to track and monitor your progress over time unless you're keeping note of that, so to speak.
1: Right, right. And, And I think something else that's important to point out is, Uh, that aha moment doesn't have to be huge too. It could be just something where all of a sudden you have this realization. Um, So even with, you know, uh, where we see like Jeff Bezos is now and everything, um, there are plans that are happening and it's important to kind of, the process itself is important, not necessarily always a plan, right? Um, you hear that sometimes plans are even meant to be broken, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if something changes or you have to pivot and shift and and or you realize something's not working out the way it should. Um, but what really is important is um, the interest, right? So I had mentioned earlier, like entrepreneurs, um, you know, you need to discover what are things that are of interest to you and then also even of interest to your audience and to the market in order to make it marketable. Um, but it, it really is figuring out and exploring those interests as well. So I, I really, my biggest pet peeve, uh, and so if any of my students are listening, they're probably like, oh, here she goes again. Um, but my, one of my biggest pet peeves is you have to find your passion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, you have to just be open to experiences. I didn't know I was going to run a marathon until until I started kind of getting interested in running. And my interest in running actually was really low. Uh, I was a kid in high school that like tried to avoid gym class. I pretended like I had asthma because I did not want to run the laps and stuff (laughs) like that. Like I was not someone who was like, I'm really into running. Like it developed over time in that when I got older and I was working in Philly and I thought, you know, I got to do something to kind of decrease my stress level and I got to start getting kind of healthy. And I just started really small. I had no real like aspirations to do long distance running. It was kind of like, hey. Um, and I also knew I needed to have some sort of um, incentive or really goal. Um, so I signed up for a 5K. Um, I'm not fast to this day. I'm a slow and steady type of runner. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was never something like, you know, really a competitive edge. It was more in terms of, um, you know, I just need, I need to have some sort of, once again, incentive for me to do this. I know I have this 5K coming up, it's going to force me to get my butt up in the morning and go for a run. Uh, and then over time, my interest uh, and my exp- and the experiences I was having, I, I really enjoyed it and it grew. Um, and I wasn't, once again, I'm not really a, a good runner. I'm not really fast or anything like that. But my skill set improved over time as trial and error. I saw how much I could handle. I got healthier in terms of what I ate. Um, I became a little bit more structured. Um, but also once again, like even if my plan was to, um, pursue marathon running that has since changed. I have kids, you know, my job keeps me busy. I still like to be healthy. Um, but I haven't signed up for a marathon in years. Right. And that's okay. Because now my interests have changed and, and what I require in terms of my body and my upkeep and all that sort of stuff has changed as well as I've aged even. Um, so same thing with a business, right. You might have an interest in something. So even Amazon, right. Started out with selling books. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. It evolves over time and and business needs to. Um, There's a a term that we use. It's competitive inertia where you're not looking to the next thing. Um, It's almost like you become complacent. Um, And actually, I I know that you have an interest in like strength training. Right. Right. Uh, And So this is something that's kind of similar that you, you do have to switch up your workouts and shock the system a little bit. Um, to keep growing, and the same thing is in the business world. That it, you know, if you think like, oh, everything's good, I'm just going to maintain. Um, that doesn't provide growth, and it doesn't make you stronger.
0: For sure, I uh, I cannot echo that any louder. Uh, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. And with all of these things, the constant need to shift and adapt, the constant need to invest more. I think it's important to reiterate one, your initial investment doesn't have to be huge. Um, So when people start up a business, a lot of times they think they need tens of thousands of dollars. Um, But in my case, I started out with like $500 of my own bank account. So you can always find a way to start you know, where you're able. You don't need a high startup cost. Same with fitness. You don't need to go right out and purchase like, you know, top of the line home gym equipment and drop 20 grand putting in equipment at your house. You can start with like a basic like at home workout program or a base level gym membership or something just to get your feet wet. You can kind of start where you're at and all of these things, as you mentioned before, when you were talking about the business, is almost like your baby that's your child, that is your thing. Um, the business is yours, just like your body is yours. So, if you are the owner of the business, then we also need to think of ourselves as the owner of our body. And if we're going to care and nourish something like business in order to see it grow and become successful then we need to kind of do the same with our body. Um, I love to use the analogy that your body is like a race car. If you run it properly and you put the right fuel into it, you will get the best performance out of it that you want. However, so many people don't fuel it properly and don't take it out for practice laps or perform the necessary maintenance that it requires. And then they get frustrated when it doesn't run like it should. And the same thing is true with business. Um, There's other individuals I've known in the business world who they go out and they have this idea, but they never really push it along. They just kind of sit there with it and they get stuck in the planning phase and they never learn to take action. And, um, you know, along with that, like I said, if you're thinking of your body or your business as a race car, you have to take action. You have to be driving. You have to be caring for it. You have to maintain it. Uh, Same with your business ideas or fitness ideas. You can sit there and plan the best workout program anyone's ever heard of. You can sit there and come up with the greatest business plan, you know, account for every possible obstacle and 10 different ways to overcome it. But if you never actually take action and do it, then no one's ever going to see what that can become because you're still just sitting there on your hands and knees.
1: Right. And you know what I really love uh, is how you put the emphasis on you, right? It's up to you. Um, so same thing. I know that there are a lot of um, students of mine who have really great ideas and like they'll share them with me. Um, but in terms of actually getting it going, I feel like they're, you know, almost looking, you know, to... Okay, well, someone someone else should do this for me, or someone else should figure it out, and and you know you kind of have to put it back on. This is on you. So we will, you know, I will steer you in the direction of certain resources, things within the community, certain networks. But it really, it really is on the individual and that accountability. Um, and as a business professor, obviously, you know. I'm a proponent of like free market principles because we teach Adam Smith, right? And and actually, it was really funny. I talked about Adam Smith yesterday uh, in class regarding athletics because I was trying to think of how do we make this relatable? It's okay. Let's think about Adam Smith's theory of absolute advantage, right? So you figure out what you're best at and you maximize it and, um, you know, you want to uh, figure out in terms of like areas of specialization you have this d- division of labor so i brought up like how many of you are on a sports team right and so we think in regards to you know we have certain skill sets that we want to maximize within that team you can't do everything at once because there's opportunity cost right so you figure out who does what best according to comparative advantage and so we you know we were just breaking it down but really what it always comes back to is the individual and acknowledging and realizing what it is you want and maximizing your interest in it so just like with that race car right um you have to take on that responsibility it is up to you to determine it and also if and what you're going to do um, with that um so i i really like and 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 once again um as you know as a business professor i really believe in empowering students and entrepreneurs so to me, it's about decentralization, right? It is up to the individual, you know, best for your body. Um, I said, it's important to look at best practices and get advice and guidance and stuff from those dominant players, industry leaders. Um, you know, when I was running, I didn't know much. I was trying to learn as much as I could. And, you know, I read health magazines and all that. sort. Of, that's all good. But at the end of the day, it's on me. I know how my body res- responds to certain nutrients I put in it, right? Um, I know how my body reacts when I push it a certain way or when I do certain whatever type of things. So same thing with the business. It's important um, to seek out resources and guidance, but also it is important for individuals to have ownership of what it is that they do um, because they do know best. And, 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 you know, when we take care of ourselves and when we run our businesses and and in an ethical, obviously manner um, it actually has a spillover and, effect on society's well-being, um, and and we're better off for it. Um, So just how, you know, we have these guidelines and, okay, these are good stretches to do, or these are good foods to eat and stuff. Um, You might have an allergy, or you might have some sort of physical, um, you know, uh, issues in terms of what exercises you can do, right? So it really is important for the individual um, to understand their power and their worth and also their responsibility um, regarding that role of taking on whether it's improving your own health or improving um, the health of your business.
0: For sure. And as an individual, uh, you know, we talk about it as you but it's not just you, no one ever really, from what I understand anyways, no one's ever succeeded in business going at it alone. They always surround themselves with a team and they're very careful of who they select to be around them. Uh, So look at like a president, for example, when a new president takes over the country, uh, they appoint a specific team of people around them. The president is not running the entire country by himself, he's dependent on those around him who he appointed, who he trusts and they're knowledgeable and intelligent in that certain uh, field. So when it comes to business or exercise, you have to do the same thing. Um, I like to reference a study that uh, it was done in 2015 by Gail Matthews and it came from Dominican University. They looked at a few different groups, they had five groups, group one, they told them to, think about their goals, whether it was exercise, business, life in general, just think about them. Group two wrote their goals down. So they put them on a piece of paper. Group three wrote their goals down on a piece of paper, and they built a series of steps to get to that goal. Group four wrote down those goals, came up with their steps, and then sent that sheet of goals and steps to get there to a friend, just sent them to them. Nothing attached. Group five wrote their goals, came up with their steps, sent it to a friend, and asked that friend if they would be okay with doing a weekly progress check on how they're doing. Now, what's interesting is group two, the ones that just wrote down their goals, was 40% more effective at achieving their goals than those who just think about it. But group five that wrote them down, came up with the steps, sent it to a friend, and had their friend keep them accountable was 80% more effective at achieving goals than the group that just thought about them. So when we think about something like achieving goals, we often undervalue the importance of those around us and the role that they can play in that. And it's always stuck out to me that if you have the right support system around you, Uh, Just thinking about that 80% more effective number, if you were 80% better at achieving your goals, just imagine what you could get done in three months, six months, a year, regardless of what we're talking about, business, exercise, uh, any kind of life goal that you might have, you know, I'm going to save X amount of dollars by this day. If you take these steps and surround yourself with the right people, you are so much more enabled to get there successfully. Um, But with that, as I mentioned, it's all about those that you surround yourself with. Uh, And I know you're very passionate about that. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that and how people can appropriately surround themselves with the right team.
1: Oh, definitely. And and the idea of even delegating out is uh, an important element of decentralization, because once again, we figure out where the talents, who is best uh, suited for whatever it is, right? And also who has an interest in it, because that also increases your um, level of attention to it, your care in it, and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I think you're exactly right in that, hey, even even those that are in power positions need to surround themselves with the best people and also trust those people, right? So when you delegate out a task, so even you know, at LVC um, with my staff members, um, I know that they are better equipped than I am to do certain things, right? So knowing, um, and that's a very efficient way to run a business. So for example, something that we talk about in classes, uh, oftentimes in, you hear in the news like, you know, oh, the outsourcing of jobs, Um, Outsourcing is actually very strategic um, for business. It's very beneficial um, because it's it's really contracting out non-core activities of your business. So I tell students, like, I don't have to change my own oil in my car. I don't have to do my own taxes, right? I have someone else do it for me um, because of that specialization. Um, And so that can be really powerful to allow um, a business to Um, you know, really focus on what it is that they do best, right? So rather than uh, trying to do all the things. Um,
0: I'm going to interrupt this show for a quick second. I want to bring you a quick word from our sponsor, CTM Band. CTM Band is my favorite recovery product company. From the CTM Band itself to the Ridge Roller, their products are second to none. They were invented by Dr. Kyle Bowling. Not only does he have a doctor of chiropractics, but he himself functions at an incredibly high level as he just qualified for the upcoming Boston Marathon. That's right. He practices what he preaches. If you're interested in getting any of these world-class recovery products, check out the link below to head over to their website and use the coupon code BRAWN10, that's B-R-A-W-N 10 thats brawn W N One Zero to secure 10% off your online purchase. Back to the show.
1: So in regards to your comment about the networks, right, it really is important to surround yourself with the people um, that you want to be like. That's what I I always tell my students, right? surround yourself with the people you want to be like, even as entrepreneurs, um, there are, um, you know, uh, especially even in Lebanon County, um, there are uh, networks um, specifically geared towards entrepreneurs because it's helpful to see what struggles others are facing or what, um, you know, even in regards to regulations, like knowing like, okay, what permits do I need? Um, who do I need to contact in the community about this? Um, how do I get the word out about this? So um, that can be really beneficial and um, networks can have a contagious effect. So you talked about the benefits of sharing things. Um, there was another study and I can't remember who it was done. It was done kind of a while ago. Um, and it almost, you know, it was not controversial, but you know, a little upsetting to people was that if you have a friend who, um, falls in the range of obesity, it's more likely that you will um, start to engage in unhealthy habits as well. Um, Versus if you have friends who are focused on their health, that has, once again, that spillover effect, right? And this is why group fitness classes work out really well, or the buddy system. Um, I know that there are apps now where where you can kind of connect with um, people who you don't even know, but at least there's some form of accountability because you log how many hours you ran, um, and it actually creates this level of uh, not only accountability but somewhat competition in that you want to impress those who are part of the app or who are in the class, or you know if you're in a spin class and you want to power through to the end because you don't want to be the one who doesn't quite make it. Um, so that can be really helpful, and, and the same thing in the business world. Um, we think about networks uh, in regards of uh, not only our supply chain, right? We want good um, suppliers and distributors, but even our competitors. um, We can learn from them. We can leverage them, best practices, um, and sometimes we need them. Um, Something, An example that I give in class is uh, how you'll even see alliances um, within um, industries. So for example, the airline industry, right? If you miss a flight, you're probably going to be put on a competing airlines flight, right? Um, So knowing that competition is really healthy and really good for business and the same is true um, when we're trying to exercise or be part of athletics right when you are um, even working with your teammates right you're on the same team but still there's almost this level of competition is that you want to score the the goal for the team or you want to show that you're powering through and Um, You know, and that's a wonderful thing you're trying to accomplish goals and the same thing in the business world wealth creation is so important for improving our quality of life our standard of living. Um, So, you know, always wanting to figure out how can I be more efficient with my resources, how can I generate more value for my consumers. Um, And it once again goes back to that individual level, though, too, because, you know, in a market system everything's voluntary. Right, So it is up to you to decide what it is you're going to offer. And it's up to the consumer to decide what their dollars, what they're going to pay for. Um, and it takes some strategy because if you are not providing something of value, no one's going to buy it. If you're providing something that is really viewed as valuable, um, people are willing to pay more for it. Uh, and that can increase your profit margin. But you know, same thing with your body. There are certain investments that you can make that, you know what, this is really gonna pay off well in the long run. And this is going to allow me to do more over the long term. So, you know, even in class, when we talk about profit margins, um, especially for small and medium sized businesses, the profit margin is not great, right? So you want to figure out how you can maximize that because that gives you leverage in the future, right? So, um, you know, for reinvesting in the company, um, for paying your employees well, for uh, partaking in community events and things like that. So finding that that value for both um, the producer and the consumer, or in terms of your health, right, it can really you know be magical and, and do wonderful things and, and once again, have a spillover effect in society.
0: Right, for sure. And I like how you touched on competition, but also the economic side of things, because business and health and fitness directly impact your wallet in one way or the other. Um, so first off with competition there, I love that example of the group classes and different online competitions, uh, because it seems like they're everywhere anymore. It's so easy to get involved in them. And that competition drives adaptation. It drives you to think of new things. So in high school, for example, I played soccer. Well, I was on one side, I would be attacking on, you know, like forward striker, whatever term you want to throw at it. And there would be someone defending me. So if I wanted to get by them, I couldn't just do the same thing over and over again, even though we're on the same team. If we're going against one another, I can't just do the same move and get by them every time. I have to come up with something different. I have to spin different, move my feet quicker or slower, or change something every time. And if you don't have that competitive edge, if you're not, you know, competing amongst yourselves in practice, then when it comes time to get into the game, what you the skill set you might have might not work. And in business, in life, in health and fitness, if you don't have that ability to constantly change and shift and adapt over time, then you're not adding any new tools to your toolbox. You might have a lot of tools in your toolbox to begin with, but there's going to be some problem eventually that you can't fix with what you know. So having that growth mindset that comes with competing with other other individuals and even yourself to a certain extent is essential. And along with that, you tied right into the uh, monetary tie, which obviously, if you want to motivate someone, you know, we hear the term money motivator all the time. um, And people often don't Think of something like health and fitness as an investment in themselves. They don't think like, oh, I'm going to spend, you know, $100 this month for my personal health and fitness. They just see $100 hitting the monthly bank account and they're like, wow, that's a lot of money. But when you think about the other Um, effects that you get from that investment. So maybe you're more productive, you're more focused, more alert, more energetic. Maybe your overall quality of life is better and you have more enjoyment. Maybe you're able to do things that you couldn't do in the past. Maybe you get back to uh, some kind of recreational sports league or maybe um, I had a client in the past who was denied entrance into the military because he did not pass their fitness test. And we got him back to a physical fitness level And he then passed and he entered the military. So he was able to get to where he wanted to be in life as far as career goals because he invested in his health. Um, So I love the importance of investing. And I also like um, I'm going off right now, so forgive me. Um, But you talked about a little bit of what I call voting with your dollar. Um, so you you we kind of talked about this in the past, right? If you want to see healthier foods become a mainstay at your local grocery store, then start buying healthy foods. Start buying the organic fruits and vegetables, the pasture-raised meats and eggs and all that sort of thing. And as the manager, whoever's running the store, starts to realize, hey, people are actually buying this, there's demand, they will increase the supply to meet the demand. Um if they are a good manager anyways. Um, right. So it's interesting how we think of something like, uh, I'll use my expression again, voting with your dollar. Most people think we vote you know, once a year in November and it might be federal, state or local level. And they don't realize that anytime you go to the store, any purchase you make, you are voting in a way because a business will shift and adapt in accordance with how you're spending your money. No business wants to lose money And likewise they want to make sure they have what you have and you want to get what you want to get
1: right right well and 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 two knowing that um voting with your dollar as well as you know learning as you go um there so i mean i grew up uh, you know i'm an 80s kid and ate a bunch (laughs) of 90s junk food and stuff so cookie crisps and stuff like that and pop tarts and everything Um, that I would not give to my kids now, right? Didn't mean my parents wanted me to be an unhealthy child. They just didn't really know much better. This was just food that was being offered. I mean, even thinking in terms of what we thought was good, the food pyramid, now we we know like, hey, that was actually not that good of advice. Um, And that was something that was from the federal government, right? You need to have X amount of this a day and blah, blah, blah. And it's, but you know what, going back to, okay, I want to get information about you know, the resources and things that are good for me, but also I need to listen to myself and I need to know what works best for me and my family. Um, And, and so, you know, as I learn, okay, put that learning to action. So when I go to the grocery store, I'm not buying cookie crisp for my daughter. Right. (laughs) And I'm actually really aware that, you know, cereal, um, most cereal is is not that healthy as much as I really love cereal. I think it's kind of in my system now, so I can't give it up. But, you know, as you learn, you can adjust your actions and those ex- actions can have a ripple effect. And sometimes it's going to be um, slow because, you know, if we are talking about, you know, politics and business too, um, most of the, uh, you know, high fructose and all that sort of stuff that's subsidized by the government. So that's why it's cheaper. Um, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the healthy stuff. So, you know, it really is on on the consumer to make it known that, hey, this is what we want. This is what we're going to put our money towards, even if it costs um, more. But going back to that importance of wealth creation, right? So if I am making more money, if I'm able to be productive, I am able to be someone who can spark change because I can put my dollars towards that good cause or towards paying more for um, local produce or whatever it might be. Um, so being that change agent is, is really important and, and once again, it has a spillover effect because, you know, your friends, your family members, they will see that. Um, there's also, um, you know, maybe it goes without saying somewhat, but uh, females predominantly are the major purchasers when it comes to groceries and, and household goods um, and that's just kind of just common statistics show. Um but that heavily influences children, right? So if my parents always had Colgate toothpaste, it's kind of programmed in me that I get Colgate toothpaste. If I had a headache, I get Motrin because that's what my mom had in the medicine cabinet type of thing, whereas other people have Advil, right? Um, So sometimes, um, not only in terms of our networks, but our influence and how that will, um, you know, create change in future generations. My expectations from, you know, food and my lifestyle and healthy habits are different from my parents. And I like to think that they're better, uh, but for my parents, probably what they ate and what they did and how they took care of themselves was even better than their own parents, right? Because we learn as we go. And same thing in the business world. There's some things that over time we realize, hey, we really could be doing this better or we could better serve the market this way. Um, And so just allowing for that flexibility and also even the trial and error um, can be uh, very helpful too.
0: For sure. And I love how you touched on that kind of family influence, because we see that with everything uh, from health and fitness to business. There's a lot of individuals I know who, you know, they would go to college, get a degree and then kind of learn the background of business and economics and then take over their family business afterwards. Or there was other people who kind of skipped that college step and just took over the family business and kept it going. Uh, Likewise, with health and fitness, your family history regarding exercise and eating, as you mentioned, has a huge impact on what you end up doing. So, for example, my parents were the type that never let me kind of sit around the house growing up. I always had to be doing something, either a sport or an activity or there was something going on. So as such, I was a very active individual. And because of that, I'm still an active individual because that's the life I know. I don't want to, you know, sit in the room and play video games all night long or something like that. Uh, so thinking about how I was raised in this case, I can kind of flip that onto other individuals I know who didn't have that same push to, hey, you know, I don't care what you do, but you have to be doing something. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of find their own path. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone's different. But instead of spending their time being active, and that look, again, it looks different. So for me, it's exercise and hiking, wakeboarding, skiing, paddleboarding, all kinds of different things. Uh, For someone else that might just be, you know, they like walking, or they like camping or something like that. Um, Other individuals, the way they were raised, they kind of found their path through um, more of a I'll say sedentary approach. So they like to do video games. They like to watch the TV and different things. And again, those things are not inherently bad by themselves, but too much of anything is bad. Too much of exercise is bad. Too much uh, video games or TV is bad. And likewise, in business, there's a deep end and you can go off that deep end and you reach what I call the point of no return. If you're an entrepreneur and you're in startup culture, you can't just burn away every single day, day in and day out, trying to make your idea a reality. It's going to take a lot of time. You might have to put in 16, 17, 18 hour days, but you're not going to be able to do that seven days a week for months and months and months on end. You kind of have to find that balance. And with that, we kind of in my opinion, and we've discussed this on past podcast episodes, actually, we falsify what it takes to be successful. And lately, there's certainly a uh, trend towards pushing for things, more of things like the TV, the video games, the, you know, just chill out, relax, you're going through a lot right now. And you just need to kind of calm down and find yourself and take time. And, you know, I've heard those things said to me before, I've heard them recommended to other people. And again, there are times when you need to do those things, but I think personally, there's too much of a focus on that and not enough of a focus on the root cause of why you might be feeling that way in the first place. Um, And to kind of drive that point home a little bit more, I like to look at someone like Tom Brady, whether you love him or you hate him, you got to admit the guy's pretty good at football. And he has a quote, um, I think it was from his book. It was either his book or an interview. uh, And he says something along the lines of this. I'm going to paraphrase. What are you willing to do? And what are you willing to give up to become the best version of yourself? He, um, Tom himself uh, says that he gave up his entire life in order to compete. His life became football. He gave up everything else to become what he is known as today. So if you want to be, you know, the next big figure in health and fitness or business or whatever walk of life you're looking at, you can do it, but you have to realize you're not going to get there without action. Like we drove home before, just bringing that point back up that all of these things start with action and you don't have to have the best plan. You can kind of figure it out and adapt as you go through, like we've discussed, but you have to start and just get moving.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also it, it's going to be hard. It has to be hard. You're not proud of things you don't earn, right? So you have to earn it. And how you said you might reach this point of no return. Um, Once again, I used to run marathons. And if you've heard of that term, you hit the wall, right? Where it's like, usually you're only a couple miles from the finish line, but you just hit this wall where you can't do it anymore. And I talked to I've used this example with students before, where you know sometimes you can push through the wall and you make it, and oh my gosh, the feeling when you cross that finish line of just realizing that you can do it is so important. But also, you know, there are times where you're going to hit a wall, and you you just have to call it, and no amount of cheering on the sidelines is going to get you through because you have to listen to you, right? And it's really that intrinsic motivation, and once again, that self, um, just having that accountability to yourself, like when I would be on practice runs, no one's cheering me on. I would have to power through that wall on my own and the amount of just fulfillment I would feel. And once again, no one's there cheering me on saying, good job, you did those last couple of miles, right? But the fact that I earned it, and I know I did it on my terms, I did it according to me, all that sort of stuff uh, is very powerful, but also I knew it's gonna be hard to do. But that productivity is so empowering and so useful. Um, but also, once again, how like you said, you have to know yourself. And there might be times where you do have to call it. There might, in the business world, there are times where, you know what, uh, you know, what you might be offering is really not a value anymore. Um, it's obsolete. We have a term creative, disrupt, uh, creative destruction, um, which really talks about, When some new innovation comes about and something, even if it's a good quality, uh, worth, you know, or a good price, um, it's just not worth it anymore. Uh, I think about any sort of technological advancement. I went from having a Walkman to a Discman to an MP3 to an iPhone, right? So there are things that become obsolete. And so in the business world, there are certain times where you can power through and other times where you have to realize, you know what? Um, I have to shift gears. I have to figure out my resources, put them in a different direction. Um, and even that hardship, right? So, even if your business were to flop, um, even if your investments were to do something, right? Um, knowing that you can come back from that, just like, you know, if, if you have a personal inner injury or um, if you wanted to really win that big game, it doesn't happen, right? That doesn't mean that's it. It doesn't mean that there won't be other opportunities. Um, but it really, it should be on you. Um, And so even how you said about uh, it's up to you to drive that car and to take the action and not wait for someone else to, you know, drag you along or grab a U-Haul or what, what have you, and and bring you across the finish line. Um, It's on you.
0: For sure. And I like how you brought up about kind of that obstacle you run into with running. Sometimes that obstacle, the the obstacles in your path are always there for a reason. And sometimes it's to overcome the obstacle and give you new energy that you needed to push through it. And sometimes those obstacles are so big that you yourself cannot overcome them. And they're there to redirect your path. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just constantly, as we've said, adapting. And no obstacle is ever, in my opinion, a red flag. Taking a look at business uh, success in the past, uh, just some household names, Walt Disney, Disney Company. It was started in 1928, 1929, so right in that Great Depression timeline. Uh, we'll pick out Microsoft, 1973, 1975 to recession. That's when they were getting going. LinkedIn started shortly after 9-11, and so on and so on. There's all these examples of household names now that were started during you know, crises at the time. So just because there's an obstacle in your path doesn't mean you shouldn't continue. It means that you're either going to overcome it or be redirected by it. And you have to take that chance at the end of the day, even if the odds are stacked against you. Uh, Tommy John, he was a great baseball pitcher, pitched 26 seasons in the MLB, and we now know him for the Tommy John surgery. In 1974, he destroyed a ligament in his elbow and the doctors recommended a new experimental procedure to fix it. The odds were one in a hundred or one in a thousand or something ridiculous that he would even play baseball again. And he took it and then racked up almost 170 wins over his next 12 to 13 baseball seasons. Uh, So it's amazing how you know, Even though the odds can be stacked against you, whether it's in business, in life, in health and fitness, sometimes you just have to take the chance. So with that, Dr. J, do you have any closing thoughts or closing remarks or anything to add to that?
1: Yeah, I guess just to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, it's important to think in regards to competition, not necessarily always comparison, right? So always wanting to improve and be better. Know, though, that there's going to be someone probably better than you. Um, but also it, it is really about the process. So you had mentioned a few different companies and how you know they were launched during times of crisis, but also think in terms of companies that compete with each other that like, so once again, um, you know, we, oh, Amazon's a monopoly, right? But who, who did Amazon replace? Walmart, right? But was Amazon really comparing themselves to Walmart when they first started? No, they were a bookseller, right? And so in terms of just, trying to better yourself trying to compete out there but also not saying well you know why not me i'm doing the same as them or why can't i do this right it really is on you. And it's important to really value that process because that's going to kind of show you the next steps and next direction. And you might not even realize how that's going to propel you forward, whether it's your business or, or even once again, in terms of athletics or health, um, we don't have the same talents. And that's what makes the world so unique and interesting. So businesses um, have a diversity of offerings, just like individuals have a diversity of talents and skill sets that can be leveraged. So we don't want to comparison. Um, But we do want to leverage that competition in what it is that we're doing.
0: Definitely. Dr. Josephson, thank you so much for your time and for this awesome discussion comparing business and health and fitness. Really appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you. I enjoyed it very much.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Braun Body Podcast. If you like this episode, please make sure you subscribe to the show. That way you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. If you're listening on iTunes, we would really appreciate it if you left a review. And last, if you could, share this episode and our podcast with a friend. That way, what we're doing to help people gets out further and helps more people. Otherwise, we'll see you next week for another exciting episode with our special guest, Dr. Justin Merzwicki. See you then.